Hi everyone, welcome back to the latest episode of the Irish Balance podcast. If you're new to this podcast, you're very welcome. And if you're a regular listener, you're also very welcome. In case you are new, my name is Dr. Kira Kelly. I am um, a medical doctor working in Ireland in public health. And I run the blog, The Irish Balance and the social media um, platform at The Irish Balance. And my message really is about uh, the power of prevention in medicine and the importance of a healthy lifestyle as part of that. And as many of you might know, there's been a lot of different topics covered on my podcast so far, and it's one of my favorite ways to communicate health information with you guys. But today in this podcast, we're going to focus on female health, and we're going to chat about what I like to think of as a vital sign of female reproductive health, menstruation or the menstrual cycle or periods, if you want to call it that, and how our training and nutrition are interconnected to it. If you haven't heard of it, FITTER, FITTER Woman, is the world's first app to provide daily training and nutrition advice tailored to menstrual cycle hormone changes. And the app helps you to track your menstrual cycle, providing personalized training and nutrition suggestions tailored to according to the changing hormone levels throughout your cycle. And some of you might know that I'm one of the newer Fitter Woman brand champions, and I'm really excited to bring this topic to the podcast with a very special guest that I'll introduce in a second, because menstrual health is a topic that definitely can have a lot of taboo attached to it, just like mental health. And it doesn't seem to come up much in conversation on social media, but it is really important that we chat about it. So today I'm delighted to have as my guest Esther Goldsmith, who's a sports scientist with the Fitter Woman team, and she also has a master's in applied sport and exercise physiology. And Esther did her dissertation for her master's on the female athlete. Thank you so much, Esther, for joining me and giving us your time. No, thank you for having me. I'd love if you could just give the listeners a little bit of a background about yourself and how you came to be where you are today, and then we'll chat maybe a bit about um, Fitter Woman. Sure. So. Um... I mean, I originally trained as a dancer, but um, I did my master's in, as you said, in applied sport and exercise physiology. Um, I graduated about a year ago, just uh, actually probably a year ago today. Um, um, But during my um, master's, I became really interested in the female athlete and um, kind of all sorts of challenges that female athletes face. and got to know um, Georgie Brunfels, who is one of the, well, the lead scientist in Fit, uh, Fit a Woman. Um, and uh, I started to do my research project for my uh, master's on the menstrual cycle and running economy. And um, I also at the same time started working uh, with Fit a Woman and became very passionate that um, this information um, gets out there the information that I'm sure we'll talk about um, in this podcast is kind of accessible to everybody because it feels like there's kind of a lot that just we just don't know we're not taught about we're not not educated about so yeah I'm really um, happy to be part of the Fit Woman team and bringing everything to to life and get spreading the word. Definitely I can tell I can hear your passion when you talk about it. <laughs> It's great to be part of something that you really care about. I think that's so important for for your daily working life. Could you tell us, I mean, I've obviously given a brief introduction to the listeners in terms of what the Fitter Woman app is, but in case the ladies listening or maybe the boys haven't heard, what what is the app? And I guess why should a woman use it or why is it important, do you think? Sure. So um, I guess, as you said, it's uh, a menstrual cycle tracker, but that's not kind of all it all it's there for um so you can use it to track your periods um or log, well, log your periods i guess or bleed, bleeding mm. um as well as any associated symptoms um that 
like typically PMS symptoms, but often um, there can be some ovulation system symptoms, sorry, um, and uh, and also uh, during menstruation and just after menstruation as well. Um, and then off the back of that, the app works out kind of where you are in your cycle um, using kind of some historical data that you put in when you um, download it to begin with. Mm. And uh, it splits the cycle into four phases and then gives you um, ed, uh, training and nutritional advice based on where you are in the cycle. So um, we have done a kind of thorough um, review of the uh, evidence, the scientific evidence out there um, and looked at what kind of physiological changes um, a woman might experience at different parts of their cycle. And then um, in the app, there's we've kind of put that into more kind of accessible um, terms because research papers aren't necessarily the most easiest things to read. Definitely um, not. <laughs> <laughs> and then kind of said, well, you might want to think about um, looking at different nutrients at this time of your cycle. You might want to think about strength training um, because there's like a greater adaptation at this time or injury risk is slightly um, higher. So, maybe you need to do a bit of a warm up. So we give like some actionable pieces of advice on the back, off the back of that as well. Fantastic, it sounds extremely comprehensive. Yeah, I think there's a lot of work that goes into making sure that it's really rigorous, it's really based in science. Um, we can, we're always updating um, a part of the app as well. So we have kind of weekly insights um, that are incorporated into the app that just give little bits of like nuggets of information um, just to, to keep everyone informed we know that um women especially love to know what's going on um and the more information the better for for lots of us so absolutely try, it's much yeah. better to be informed and empowered with that information. yeah absolutely and how did the app um come about so you mentioned george uh, georgie brunbells she's the lead scientist with fitter was she the founder or, or how did it start yeah, so her and um and her um my other colleague gronya conifery mm. um they it's kind of their brainchild together so whilst Georgie was doing her PhD um she was looking into iron status um and then kind of got interested in heavy menstrual bleeding mm. and as part of that one of her studies was at the London Marathon Expo um and she interviewed um a lot of women and I she'll um kill me because I can't remember the exact number she always quotes it but um she, anyway, a, lot a lot of women, women. I'd imagine um, and uh, she kind of asked them about prevalence of heavy menstrual bleeding but at the same time she'd have women come up to her and say oh my period's going to be on London Marathon Day what should I do or I really suffer from this symptom like what should I do and all these questions that she didn't feel like she was able to answer so she kind of went away did her, did her research she's she's pretty thorough with research mm. um and then kind of got talking with with Grania about all this research she was discovering and how the kind of how I said before we just no one knows about it um mm. so the two of them together went to um, Brian Moore who is the or Dr Brian Moore who's the CEO of Orico who power fit a woman um and he kind of gave them a, a shoestring budget to developed this app so together with the um kind of data team um that are based in Galway um they yeah they 
came up with the idea and a lot of work went into it and now we're on the second version of the app so it's developed quite a lot in the last kind of two or so years. That's brilliant I think it's so it's so fascinating that it's an iterative process obviously it's informed by I suppose what women share by using the app and then that information I guess is used to provide a much better user experience with it. Yeah Um, absolutely. You've kind of said a little bit about, um, you know, kind of how it, how it's used, but but how does someone use the app? Is it about entering your cycle dates or, you know, and then getting insights based on that? Um, is that the best way to go about it? If someone's listening and thinks they want to, we'll chat about the menstrual cycle in a second, but sure. I guess just as a basic, if you've downloaded it. Yeah, sure. So when you download it, you get uh, kind of an onboarding screen that asks you like when your kind of average cycle length when your last cycle was how long you usually bleed for um that kind of like basic information and I'd like I wouldn't worry too much if you're not sure uh, kind mm. of taking a bit of a guess is is accurate enough and over time you might learn that actually your cycle is 32 days not 27 like you thought it was or things like that um, okay. and then I mean everyone kind of can use it individually some people might benefit from looking at it at different times in their cycle um especially if you really suffer you know that you really suffer like in the week before um you start bleeding then there might be like more relevant information for you at that time in the app um but then at the same time check going on every day for like I don't know two minutes it, it can be like quick quick whilst you're having your cup of coffee in the morning mm. um and kind of just logging checking in oh do I feel like this how um how did I sleep like how do I feel today has anything um does anything feel like it's affecting me that might be a result a result of the hormones that are changing which is um, kind of what happens in the menstrual cycle so um I think it's a really good um tool as well just to make yourself check in Mm. with yourself because I mean I'm guilty of it of just kind of hitting the alarm getting up running out of the door getting to work and I haven't really thought about how I'm feeling or Mm. what's going on definitely yeah I'm sure a lot of people listening can definitely relate to that checking in with yourself (laughs) and how you're feeling we all don't do it enough but it's it's so important exactly Um, and it doesn't take too long so (laughs) no definitely not definitely not and I guess just I suppose for the listeners I mean it was something I asked my following on Instagram recently um did they feel they understood their menstrual cycle and the majority of people said no which I was a little bit surprised by so I'd love if you wouldn't mind just giving us maybe a brief little overview of the menstrual cycle you can it can be I suppose you've mentioned that in in fitter woman it's split into four phases um I know there's a couple of ways people talk about it but just I suppose from the fitter woman perspective just people have a basic understanding of of what goes on so um phase one um in fit women is um, menstruation so that's when you're bleeding um and at that time your hormone levels so um estrogen and progesterone they're the two kind of hormones that cause a lot of the changes that uh, the advice in fit women is based on um they are low so they're they're like pretty low um typically this is when you're like most similar to a man if that makes mm. sense in physiological um, point of view mm. um and then phase two is the um follicular phase or like the late follicular phase gradually um and during this phase estrogen levels rise and progesterone levels stay the same um and estrogen levels rise up to a peak just before ovulation um and ovulation is when you ovulate so when an egg is released mm-hmm. um and that 
so then estrogen just falls just before ovulation and that's like typically halfway through your cycle um so of a 28 day cycle which i like has recently been found actually not to be the norm but that's what we it's often quoted as the average isn't it yeah Yeah, um so day 14 is typically when you would ovulate um and then you move into phase three and in phase three this is the high hormone phase so both progesterone levels and estrogen levels are high Um, and this can cause all sorts of things which maybe we'll get onto later um yeah and then um phase four is premenstrual phase um sorry phase three is the kind of mid luteal phase is is or luteal phase is kind of three and four mm-hmm. um and phase four is premenstrual so that's when hormone levels start to really drop off um that then stimulates the shedding of the lining of the uterus which is the whole cycle starting again um, mm-hmm. and during phase four that's typically when um women will experience the highest amount of symptoms um and that's when premenstrual syndrome that's where that comes from okay and so if that's kind of your typical cycle um mm-hmm. hopefully people took a bit a good bit of value from kind of understanding that process what yes. um what when we talk about like menstrual health it's sort of a term i've heard referred to quite a bit not just in the context of a fitter woman and, and and their their content but it kind of in general we talk about reproductive health but I think menstrual health is almost a separate thing as part mm. of reproductive health mm. um what what would you kind of say constitutes menstrual health or be having healthy menstruation yeah I guess from our point of view it's kind of the absence of a dysfunction um mm. and there are quite a lot of different menstrual cycle dysfunctions um I can I'll can quickly kind of the more typical ones that you might hear of um so there's oligomenorrhea and amenorrhea and they are I mean oligomenorrhea is um kind of very infrequent periods and amenorrhea is a loss of periods um so no bleeding for three or more consecutive months okay. or cycles um and so they're two kind of common ones especially in um those who exercise more um then there's also um dysfunctions kind of to do with bleeding so heavy menstrual bleeding um and uh, then there's some like ovulatory kind of dysfunction so um pe- uh, women can often have anovulatory cycles uh where they they don't actually ovulate so but mm. you they might still bleed so they don't necessarily know um mm. and then obviously that can cause issues with fertility um and then there are also kind of more pathological dysfunctions like endometriosis and polycystic ovary syndrome um, that can cause cause other dysfunctions, if that makes sense. So like both of sure. those can cause amenorrhea and oligomenorrhea. Um, yeah. And polymenorrhea is then like really, really frequent cycles. Okay. There's a bit of a spectrum, isn't there, really? There I is, guess. yeah. <laughs> and as you said, absence of dysfunction. And then I suppose another thing I'd add maybe is that if, I suppose if a woman feels her menstrual cycle is impacting her ability to function like day yes. to day, um, yes. which falls under what you've just suggested anyway. Yeah. But, um... and, and then there's also, sorry, I, I have it on my notes, but I just didn't say it. Um, it's also like really pain free because I mm. think often, um, I mean, typically women are very good at just kind of getting on with things mm, and just are. thinking <laughs> that what they experience is normal. And actually, if you find that, um, 
there's a time in your cycle where maybe your mood is really affected or you're really really suffering from pain like to the point where you're fainting like Mm. that's not healthy (laughs) definitely absolutely absolutely and the same yeah exactly the same with pain too I think we definitely are the gender that tend to put up and shut up but really it's it's totally okay if something is really affecting your ability to function and seeing your GP um or your your, your registered healthcare professional is so important yeah, definitely um I'd love to kind of bring in sport and menstruation here we might focus a little bit later on in the podcast on maybe talk a little bit more about, about amenorrhea because that does co- become relevant when we look at sport but mm-hmm. if we start talking about sport and and periods because a lot of people listening I'm sure are active whether it's you know more aerobic type exercise or resistance mm-hmm. type exercise or whatever it is they enjoy and um, how can exercise training and sport affect the menstrual cycle? Sure so I guess big question um, <laughs> yeah big question I'll I guess as you said there's one way that um it can affect it by causing a dysfunction um mm-hmm. and that is kind of to do with the the kind of the hormonal system the whole hormonal system in the body mm. um and but then there's there's the kind of the whole other side that isn't often thought about um which is is as like menstrual cycle symptoms so mm-hmm. um pre uh premenstrual syndrome or kind of other symptoms that you might um experience at specific points in your cycle specific to you um and actually about between 80 to 90 percent of um, women experience some kind of premenstrual symptom Mm. and that that's quite staggering and that has the ability to really affect um your performance or how you feel in training um because it's not just whether it affects how strong you actually are whether how if it affects how strong you feel then that's massive mm-hmm. um and we found we've recently um did a massive research kind of study in collaboration with Strava where we um surveyed 14,184 um exercising women mm. and two-thirds of those women um said that they were had to change have had to change their exercise or their training um due to their menstrual cycle wow oh my god yeah and that's just staggering um and it's a shock because also we found that um those who have a coach had never really spoken to their coach about it and if a significant amount of women are really having issues with um their training like often it's motivation fatigue pain um, Mm. they're kind of the common symptoms that we find um they feel affect their optimal performance if they're feeling those but then not talking to anybody about it how how do they cope does that mean that we're always like slightly under par because we're dealing with some other things like what would happen if all of those barriers are removed maybe performance would be 10% improved across the board and yeah absolutely when you go up the levels of sport you look at someone who's at an elite level like that's the difference potentially between winning losing or different places oh Um, yeah absolutely but even at the lower level of, of the everyday woman who, who isn't an elite athlete who just exercises regularly, um, I think it, it's it, it's actually it's really sad that that many 
had to alter how they train or, you know, had to maybe not train yeah. as a result. Um, and we know that that's, you know, physical health and mental health are so interlinked. And we know yeah. the importance of physical activity for, for positive mental health as well. Mm-hmm. So it definitely can become a vicious cycle. And it sounds yeah. like a lot of women suffering in silence. Oh, absolutely. And I think um, and this this girl can um, campaign. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, and also um, the Women in Sports uh, Foundation, mm. they've both done some kind of work together looking at um, barriers to exercise, both for teenage girls and for women and like slightly older women. Um, mm. And both of those populations cite that menstruation is one of the barriers to exercise so um and we know that exercise is so important for um physical and mental health as you said so yeah (laughs) absolutely I mean I feel like this must be such an under uh researched area I mean maybe that's just my own cognitive bias that I haven't read into enough but I feel like we know more about how training can affect the menstrual cycle than we do about how the menstrual cycle can affect a woman's um ability to exercise whether that's because of physical or, or mental symptoms if does that mm. make sense so feel like it's yeah, something we don't yeah. know a lot about no um yeah it's I mean it's staggering I think there is a massive research gap <laughs> absolutely I mean so I suppose what you've said there is the main issues women report in terms of how their cycle affects their ability to exercise or the desire to exercise is motivation which is very understandable motivation yeah. might just come from a lack of energy at a certain time of the month or it might come mm-hmm. from other symptoms like fatigue and pain they're the main um I suppose symptoms that you guys have found from the literature is that right um it's I mean that's kind of more anecdotal there isn't mm. much um literature we're, we're still working on publishing our our research with the, mm. with Strava um but recently we we launched a, a female athlete consultancy um, program to work with elites. We want, obviously, we want fit women to be available for everybody. But, um, yeah, we've recently started working um, with kind of US soccer and some oh, wow, other okay. kind of really exciting teams. Um, and that's, yeah, pain, motivation and fatigue are just uh, are massive. And um, just talking to the players, they're, they're perceived like mood changes it really affects them and yeah <laughs> and it's, it's the same as mental health isn't it I mean obviously we're talking about mood as a yeah. mood symptoms in the context of a menstrual cycle but talking about it more and normalizing the female experience is you know it, it's really important we go through these changes every single month oh, exactly um, like every three weeks basically you know it's know. pretty frequent I guess then my next question would be you mentioned there about like a lot of um from your uh, work with Strava it sounds like a lot of women are afraid to bring that up with their coach um mm. and I guess that sort of translates maybe in terms of women who who don't have a coach but might be exercising they might be just afraid to, to say it yeah. um how do you think we can start um I guess opening up that conversation you guys have launched a fitter woman coach app or fitter coach is that fitter right? coach yes yeah so we have that that's available um for kind of sports teams and we found it's it's great especially if your coach is a is male if your coach is a male um because it really just facilitates that conversation um so with the athlete's consent um the coach can has a platform to see where each um of their players are in their cycle whether they've logged any symptoms whether they've logged a period um and so they know when they go to the coach knows when the athletes turn up to training um that 
they might be slightly under par today or mm. they're in phase two so their their um, injury risk might be slightly higher so let's make their warm-up slightly more um thorough kind of things like that um and then it also flags if an athlete hasn't logged uh, a period for a significant amount of time um, which is a sign of potential energy deficiencies um so i think that's a major way that we can definitely get the conversation going i think yeah um yeah i think another like for for those who aren't in a team or have a coach i think just being okay with talking about it and it's it's Mm. not going to happen overnight you can't just click your fingers and suddenly everyone is going to be okay with talking about periods it it does have a historical um kind of connotations to it that mean that we find it uncomfortable but um Mm. i think yeah just slowly and surely open up to a friend (laughs) absolutely i mean even i was um doing a bit of instagramming before we sat down to record this podcast and i put on my story that i was recording a podcast about periods and sport and nutrition and even as i said the word periods i almost felt like it was you know i shouldn't say it but this is ridiculous like this happens every month what the hell Or like a, a man comes into the room and you suddenly go quiet and it's like, yeah, well, this, they, they need to understand too. <laughs> Absolutely. Exactly. This is the thing. That's how we normalize the conversation. Um, exactly. I guess what I'd love to do really is focus on um, maybe more amenorrhea or the loss of the period, because I think that that's definitely, this is all kind of an area we don't talk about enough, but I think mm. the loss of periods is is something that we really don't talk about enough, um, mm. particularly when we've got social media, which can make it seem like, every woman that every big fitness influencer we follow is working out every day really high intensities and we know like social media is not real life obviously it's a highlight (laughs) reel but it can make unrealistic um it can make people try to work towards unrealistic uh you know ideals maybe Hmm. could we could we chat a little bit about maybe amenorrhea and maybe look at what are the health effects of not menstruating of course um so amenorrhea is the loss of periods for three or more consecutive cycles um and i mean there are different reasons why you may may become amenorrheic um and i guess we'll kind of what we would focus on is um hypothalamic amenorrhea so that's where the hypothalamic big word (laughs) pituitary um adrenal gonadal axis Oh God, that's a mouthful. Don't say that it fast. Is. <laughs> um, <laughs> is um it kind of becomes um under stress. So there's a negative feedback loop that basically um your body is saying, No, I can't have a baby. There is this stressor that's going on. Um now typically in um the kind of sport and exercise, health and fitness scenarios. Um, that's due to an ed- energy deficiency um, somewhere. Um, so you're just fueling isn't correct um, it, relative to the amount um, of exercise or the amount of kind of output, I guess, because it's not just exercise, is it? Mm. Um, like fun- like um, structured exercise. Yeah. Um, so this kind of this stress means no, you're not ready for a baby. So you like don't have a period basically and so your hormones become suppressed um 
this is all very slightly unscientific so forgive me well, it's easier to understand that way no absolutely yeah. it's, it's, there is um, a wider hormone interaction going on but exactly I, exactly yeah <laughs> sorry please continue um, um and then this can also be caused by things like stress so um i guess like exams work stress life stress uh, like moving house going through a breakup um those kind of things are you might lose your period for a couple of months more Mm. or more depending on how long the stress is um and then also travel because uh disruptions to circadian rhythm um Mm. can also cause amenorrhea or um oligomenorrhea Mm. because your body just doesn't really know what's going on um uh, I guess they're they're the main the main thing. So yeah, an energy imbalance um, and stress are kind of the things we often see in athletes. Okay, and I suppose what I'll reiterate here is that obviously we we've started off just the listeners with amenorrhea, i.e., like defining what the loss of period is, and we've kind of dove into specifically one co- one potential cause of amenorrhea, which is mm. called hypothalamic amenorrhea. Mm. And Esther has just gone through some of the, the possible causes of it. But there's obviously lots of different um, structural and physiological causes for the loss of a period. But I think this is an important one to focus on, um, I guess, because of its relationship with sport and and nutrition. Definitely. Yeah. And I think it's something that Fitter Woman is doing great work to bring light to. Um, and then in terms of, I suppose, not menstruating, um, I mean, I'm aware of some of these, but uh there are other effects of, of not having a period beyond just not having a period on yes. our body um could you tell us about some of those yeah of course so um if you don't have a period that means estrogen and progesterone levels are suppressed um and now estrogen is a really important hormone um for um cardiovascular um health and so long term there can be um kind of long term health implications um and then amenorrhea can also uh, result in impaired bone health as well. Mm. So um, that's a really important one, especially for women who are more likely to be osteoporotic. Um, yeah. mm. It can it can cause osteoporosis um, like earlier than might normally happen um, or osteopenia. So um, that's why uh, amenorrheics are more likely to have uh, stress fractures especially if they're they're exercising a lot um and then it's also amenorrhea is also linked to this this energy deficiency that can then impair um kind of skin health it can impair mood it can help uh, impair libido um metabolism increased risk of injury um muscle strength so it's also linked to decreases in testosterone um so there's quite a lot of physiological cons- um consequences um mm. that that aren't always spoken about and and again it goes back to that we just kind of get on with it um yeah. we just accept the accept a new normal when actually it it shouldn't be normal and long term long term long longitudinally that could really impact your your health um if you ever want to have a baby like that could be really difficult for you so um yeah there's it's 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 something you should definitely seek help for absolutely i think estrogen does not get enough conversation uh mm. sorry it isn't the topic of, of enough conversations it's really really i mean they're all important hormones but in particular we know not having estrogen is so important like for example we we know in healthcare we see 
menopausal women have an increased mm. risk of cardiovascular disease after the loss of menstruation because of that lo- protect loss of protective estrogen exactly. on their blood vessels. And if you're talking about losing that early on when you're very young, I mean, I'm sure nobody listening uh, would be keen for an early cardiovascular no. Uh, no. health risk or bone risk. Um, and I suppose, um, as you've said, Esther, I'll highlight here that if someone listening has lost their menstrual cycle, regardless of of you know, what type of exercise they're doing or what they're eating, it's really important to book in to see your GP, to have a history and examine mm-hmm. possibly investigation for potential causes. The loss of the cycle it's not, is not normal. It is not normal to not menstruate. And I think that's the biggest take on point we can give um, from this podcast. Um, I've heard, and Some of the listeners might have heard of female athlete triad. Could you mm-hmm. explain that? And that kind of interrelates to what we've just spoken about. Could you maybe briefly explain what that is? Sure. So, the female athlete triad um, has kind of been rephrased now, but mm. um, it was initially just female athletes, um, yeah. and it kind of brought together these three symptoms: so loss of periods, so amenorrhea, um, stress factors, or, or bone, or like kind of poor bone health, um, and eating disorder or disordered eating. Mm. Um, the I mean, I guess it's kind of very exclusive, though, is, <laughs> that yeah. triangle, um, and doesn't encompass uh, men or um, those. It, it, there can be symptoms if you don't have an eating disorder or disordered eating, or you might not realise that your bone health is is poor. So um, it's kind of been expanded. Um, and also, you don't necessarily have to be an athlete to have it. Um, that's a pretty big exactly. one exactly um mm. so it's kind of been re rephrased as a relative energy deficiency in sport um and there's some really nice um kind of diagrams that have been published by the uh, british uh medical journal i think or bjsm actually mm-hmm. um british journal of sports medicine that's the one um and there it's it's quite a nice diagram because it encompasses all of the kind of variables and to highlight it they might not all apply to you but if Mm. kind of multiple of them do then then you know that there's an issue basically um so yeah they and they're kind of some of the variables that I, i briefly mentioned just just previously and when you say female athlete triad is as it's kind of it's I'm not sure if outdated was the word used. That's where we've moved with with reds. Yeah. Is that right? Okay. Yeah, yeah. Because we 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 realise that there's there's other factors um, yeah. to do it. Perfect. Reds at relative energy deficiency in sport. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Um, and then one other thing I suppose I wanted to ask you about is something that has come up quite a bit. Um, if a woman is on, we won't dive into this topic too deeply because it is a topic in and of itself. But if a woman is is on a contraceptive pill and I know there's yes. lots of different kinds um so again it's hard to be to be very specific on this but can a woman use the fitter woman app if on a contraceptive because I suppose being on contraceptive can uh, mask the possible loss of a period um, yeah. and that's really important for the listeners to be aware of that yeah so just briefly on that I think um if you may be susceptible to um energy deficiency then um combined uh, contraceptive uh, methods might not be the first point of call um so that's something to be aware of um okay. and then absolutely i think that fit women can be used by um those using um contraceptive so 
just really, really quickly, there are two different types. So there's combined and then there's progesterone only. Mm-hmm. Um, combined contraceptives, um, such as the oral contraceptive pill, um, so that's the most common one, um, yeah. they suppress both estrogen and progesterone. So you won't get that natural fluctuation of um, hormones. So I guess you have to kind of use, to use fitter women, you have to use it with a little bit of a pinch of salt. Um and just know that actually some of the um, information might not be a- applicable to you. But um, we still find that, sim- that you can get symptoms um, whilst using um, the pill because of the different formulations that are available and different um, individuals react differently. So um, your hormones will be suppressed to slightly different levels. Yes. Um, and then also in that week, of the placebo pills which hopefully you're having um that that will um that can potentially cause uh, estrogen and progesterone levels to creep up a little bit which can then cause symptoms um and then also i i didn't mention earlier but we have quite a lot of recipes on fitter women so you do always, yeah they're always there for anybody to use <laughs> absolutely because obviously um i mean nutrition is key in this relationship um between periods and exercise and sports and like fueling enough as you've said is absolutely essential um this fitter woman does sort of tailored recipes to the different cycles am I right in saying that yes different phases so um different especially kind of for example in phase one when you're bleeding and that's typically when women need to be really um aware of their iron intake um so we've got some some recipes in there that um can really help so vitamin c plus iron source sources um vitamin c we, helps improve iron absorption iron absorption yeah, exactly perfect. um because we want to go with like a food first rather than a buy all the supplements kind of absolutely <laughs> preach amen <laughs> um brilliant and there's some amazing recipes on that app i'd really encourage people listening whether you're a boy or a girl um to check them out they're really delicious and i suppose if anyone does um i do remember you guys have a, have a blog post on the contraceptive pill and period yes. am i right saying that on your website which is really yeah, good absolutely had there um and it will also explain about um progesterone only contraceptives as well so it's a Classic. good like point of call um and also don't don't be afraid of of doing your own bed digging because i think people a lot of women just accept the pill that they're prescribed by their gp or their their medical professional mm. um and don't really ask anything about it so yeah and everyone can have quite home. different side effects like i remember there was one mm. That I was on in the past and um, it, it gave me horrific acne and I had to stop mm. and I but used another one after that and was fine from a side effects point of view whereas my sister used it and had horrific side effects so it's really, yeah. really we're all so different and um, exactly. it is really important to be mindful of that Absolutely. so I guess uh, to bring this we've t- discussed so much and I'm really really grateful for your time Esther and um, hopefully everyone has taken um, a lot of value from this podcast I'd love if you wouldn't mind giving the listeners um just to finish off the episode one thing to bring more of an Irish balance into their lives it's something I ask every guest to do at the end of my episodes um just like from your own experience or to do with fitter or whatever you want to go with yes um I mean this might be slightly off very off piece um <laughs> but um I have recently been taking inspiration from Grey's Anatomy. Um, and whenever I'm, I'm feeling a bit rubbish, putting on a song 
um like playing kind of Spotify on shuffle and having a bit of a dance in my room by myself um it sounds absolutely crazy but it does really make you feel better um so I think it doesn't have to be a dance it could be like to sing or you like to just like go outside for a walk for five minutes or um just I think we often think about a lot of other people a lot of other things and just taking five minutes maybe at the end of the day if you're feeling a bit rubbish for yourself um I'd say if anyone could do that then you'll notice a remarkable um improvement I cannot tell you how much I love that tip like honestly (laughs) I'm doing the preach signs with my hands as we record this (laughs) I've become I so I've recently moved the listeners will know I recently moved to Galway and I've become re-obsessed with Grey's Anatomy like as a medic I watched it as a student I but love I co- it it's so good so I didn't realize I had like we're going totally off center sorry listeners um I had about six seasons left uh that I haven't seen so and I just finished an episode last night where Callie who is one of the orthopedic surgeons in yeah. it uh has a little dance around your room and it's something I've really been taking such joy in recently is putting on a song dancing while I'm cooking or just singing out loud yeah um, exactly you're so it right makes, it just lifts your mood um me and my mom actually started doing it together so brilliant <laughs> <laughs> that's fantastic well I hope everyone listening has made it their mission this week to have a little bit of a dance in private it's totally fine or just yeah. sing just singing out loud is honestly one of the most therapeutic things doesn't matter if you can sing or not oh, yeah. or dance or not no. just <laughs> Thank you so much for that. That's brilliant. Um, that's made my day, honestly. Um, so could you let um, the listeners know where to find Fitter Woman on social media or the blog or any upcoming bits and pieces you want to highlight for the listeners? Yeah, of course. So um, we're, it's pretty easy. Um, on Instagram and Twitter, we're at Fitter Woman. So that's F-I-T-R-W-O-M-A-N. Fantastic. All one word, all lowercase um and then our website is www.fitterwoman.com as well um and then you can find all the links to our blog uh, from there and then fitter coach is or there's also a link for fitter coach on there if you're interested in that fantastic esther thank you so much for your time and thank you to fitter woman for releasing you for an evening to record a <laughs> podcast with me uh thank you to everyone listening i'm so glad you guys have tuned in i've wanted to do this episode for for so long and i'm so glad we finally got to do it so esther and i would love to hear from you and um, do give fitter woman a follow um you know where to find them and you know where to find me leave a comment on the podcast here or on spotify or itunes um or find us on instagram um or the blogs uh, you know where to go guys any feedback you have in the episode as always i'd love to hear it so thank you so much esther again no, and no absolutely it's my pleasure to have you and um thanks to everyone listening so i'll see you guys for the next episode bye